Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to Cornerstone Christian Church of God podcast, where we are devoted to bringing restoration and transformation to all. To stay connected and find out more about what God is doing in His church, please visit our website, cccghq.org. Thank you so much, and we hope you are blessed by this message. fivefold office, but you are the one doing that. There might be some truth there, there might be some connection there, uh, but that's not the route that we're going this afternoon. Someone is wondering, why is the Lord concerned about my career? And my question back to you is, why shouldn't he be concerned about your career and business? Hallelujah. The Lord can be talking and then you are also talking at the same time. It's very disrespectful. Amen. We have different types of people that communicate. And some people are only used to a particular kind of communication. So they freeze when they are outside of their comfort zone. Some people can speak boldly to people, but... When it comes to sympathizing with people, they seem very weird and awkward. They just, they, 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 do, they don't know what to do. But these are all different types of communication. So let's start with an assertive communicator. And remember the goal is for us to be multifaceted. So we can, we can operate in all these dimensions. Because the Lord gave us a voice so that we can use that voice. An assertive communicator is a firm 
communicator. When you want to be assertive, that is when you are firm. That is when you are firm. And the goal of assertive communication is compliance. The goal is compliance. We communicate in this way when we are giving correction and giving instruction to others. It's assertive. There are some people that we might find it hard to follow because they don't know how to communicate in an assertive manner. So they say things like, nobody listens to me. People think I'm joking. Of course, they think you're joking because you're not communicating assertively. When you are casting out demons, it's not empathetic communication. It's assertive. Get out now. That's, that's, that's the communication we're talking about. So being comfortable enough to be able to communicate in that manner when you need. You can't be in a war front and you want to command your troops and you're using empathetic communication. Do you want to fight? Do you think you should go forward? No, it's a different kind of communication. So in this communication, we're speaking directly and we're speaking honestly. We are not seeking consensus or collaboration. Now, I hope this is not the only kind of way you communicate your whole life because you'll be alone. You'll be a dictator. But there are times when we must communicate like this. In this kind of communication, don't repeat yourself. Because every form of repetition will show weakness. Once have I spoken, the Lord said, twice have you heard. That's when he's speaking assertively. Mark chapter 8 and verse 13. And he left them and getting into the boat again, departed to the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread. And they did not have more than one loaf with them in the boat. Then he charged them. Somebody say charged. He charged them. That's an assertive communication. He charged them saying, take heed. Be careful. This is an urgent warning. Beware of the living of the Pharisees and the living of Herod. Beware, this is urgent. Beware. Assertive communication is used when, when there's urgency involved. You see someone picking up a glass, a cup of something that is poisonous. That's assertive communication. Drop it now. Put it down. Put it down. Put it down. You can apologize later. That's assertive communication. If you're not used to communicating like this, you might feel off, you might feel bad, but there are times when we must speak like this. If we're going to be, listen, you can't see a child going towards a hot stove, for example, or something dangerous, and you are communicating in different ways other than this. Beware of the living of the Pharisees and the living of Herod. And I, I can imagine the disciples just paying attention. Okay, he's not joking. He's serious. Verse 16, please. And they reasoned among themselves saying, it is because we have no bread. 
But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, Why do you reason? Because you have no bread. Do you not perceive nor understand? These are rhetorical questions. This is assertive communication. They are not waiting for an answer. Do you not yet perceive nor understand? Is your heart still hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000? How many baskets full of fragments did you take up? They said to him, 12. <laughs> That's assertive communication. <laughs> Amen. Also, when I broke the seven for, for, for the 4,000, how many large baskets or fragments did you take up? And he said, seven. So he said to them, how is it you do not understand? No answer. Because that's assertive communication. Jesus was giving them timely warning. A timely warning. Beware where we are going. The doctrine of the Pharisees are very dangerous. Beware. That's assertive communication. As a parent, every now and then, you need to be assertive in your communication. Otherwise, you'll be taken to be a dog. Every so often, a leader must employ assertive communication. Without being rude, you don't have to say you're stupid, you're foolish to be assertive. You just have to be firm. Every time, every time, every time, the people under they're all coming late all the time, all the time, all the time. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay. One day, the communication has to be assertive. I'm giving the warning already. <laughs> One day, it has to be assertive. I'm sorry today, I'm sorry tomorrow, I'm sorry today. I hope when Jesus comes to take his says, you'll not be late. Is assertive. Because you see, there are some things that are extremely imminent and we might, we might make some people miss out on their blessings if we are not assertive in our speech. When we go to win souls, are we conscious of the fact that if people don't give their lives to Christ, they'll go to hellfire? Because if we are conscious of that fact, then our communication must be firm, yet loving. Assertive. In this kind of a communication, even your body language is not fidgety in nature. Even the tone, the pitch of your voice is firm in nature. And these are things we must practice. How many people have recorded themselves speaking since last week? Last week and now. Fantastic students. Look at Jesus. And while some are still praying, Jesus help me improve my communication. And the Lord is saying, go and record yourself. Use your mirror. Record yourself. So you can record yourself speaking assertively. Not abusively. No, but being assertive. That's assertive communication. Body language. That's you being assertive. This is being, we're going to get there. So these are things that we can do 
to be able to communicate from an assertive perspective. If I said to us now, just scream now. How many people can just scream? Just shout now. Okay, some people are like, hey! <laughs> In assertive communication, your voice, you see, please listen. There are many reasons why demons don't leave when some people say go. Because the way you speak, even a human being will not listen to it. If a child will not hear you, how will a demon hear you? A child will look at you. Nah, it's not serious. It's joking. Same way the demon is looking. Get out now in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Are you going to make me go? I said, out now. Ooh, take it easy, man. Take <laughs> it easy, dude. I'll go somewhere else. <laughs> Hallelujah. You've not seen. Let, let's, let's move on. Number two, confident communication. Now, you, you, you can argue and say, okay, every, confident, every communication has to be, you have to be confident. But, but we're trying to isolate them so we can expound on them properly. And this kind of communication is, is to display boldness. And you use this kind of communication in sales, for example, when you're making a business pitch, when you're evangelizing, and certain professions. When you're writing a biography, when you're in interviews, the, the communication must be bold in nature. In this kind of communication, you are confident that you are right. I have a question for you. It's a rhetorical question, of course. Imagine two sales folks coming to you to present the same thing for sale to you. Do you know what makes you buy from one and not the other? Now, these are tricks that marketers know, those that are good. They know. There's a particular salesperson at a particular furniture store, I will not mention because they didn't pay us for advertisement. Um, my wife keeps talking about this gentleman and I'm not jealous uh, because the way he sold certain things was, I mean, this was how many years ago now? Maybe about six years ago. Till today, till yesterday. <laughs> till yesterday. But what, what was it about this man you know, there are some people that want to sell something to you and you can tell that they are shady. You can tell they are hiding information. But when someone is confident enough to say, oh yeah, this, you know, this is leather, it's real leather. This, 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 you can't get any other better price anywhere. I know you're still browsing around, but just to let you know. So I'll be around anywhere in the store. Just let me know if you need me. And that's it. No bothering, no, no, no pressure, no nothing. That's it. That's confidence. And you're wondering, how can you, know, you can check anywhere? And you'll not find a better deal than this. Mic drop, and then he left. And of course, we checked and checked and checked, browse, browse, browse. We ended up buying it. Because there was a confidence he exuded. 
that made us know that no, what he's saying is true. This is why we have to record ourselves. When we are speaking, are we giving off confidence? Or we're giving off someone that doesn't know what he or she is talking about? Even though you are extremely experienced, but your communication can say otherwise. Can you imagine about to get into a flight and you had the privilege of meeting the pilot and you're chatting the pilot and, and you ask the pilot, so how long have you been flying for? Ah, not so long. Are you a good pilot? Ah, the Lord is helping us. <laughs> As he's finishing, I am withdrawing my ticket to go to a place where a pilot that knows how to fly is going to fly. Confidence. I saw a particular science professor displaying one of the laws of physics. Maybe you've seen that video. With a huge ball. Not even a ball. No. It's a huge, sorry, pendulum. But that pendulum itself was most likely made up of steel or some, you know, uh, very dangerous thing that, you, that should not fall on you. And it stood with confidence in the place, and he swung it, closed his eyes, with the understanding that it's not going to hit me. If it hits me, then the law of physics has failed. And people were there. And he just swung it and stayed there closer. And he just came all the way. And he stopped. And people just started clapping. That's confidence. Now, you can only speak confidence exudes from a person that has information. You see, you can fake confidence, but when you are faced with another confident person, your fake confidence will just crumble. <laughs> your, the fake confidence will crumble because some know how to fake it. It will crumble. The best way to be confident is get stuff inside you. Garbage in, then garbage will go out. The more you read, the more you hear, the more equipped you are. You will not realize you are already speaking with confidence. But when you open your mouth, you are speaking clearly. You know your stuff. You know your stuff. Even when you make a mistake, you make a mistake with confidence. <laughs> you are sharing facts, verifiable details. You're speaking with conviction. And when you're speaking with confidence, there's no repetition. It's very, very important. Now, let me tell you confidently. <laughs> the person that would bring someone here on Friday on a wheelchair, within one week, your life would never remain the same again. You, you are bold enough to invite a person on a wheelchair to come and see on Friday. I kid you not. I speak by the Spirit of the Lord. Within one week, you notice quantum shifts in your life and your destiny. Oh yes. It's up to you. So when Jesus is speaking, he's speaking with confidence. You see, to someone who is not an electrician, what, whatever an electrician is doing is just, is just you know, uh, um, they're just playing around perhaps. 
But to someone that knows the, the nitty-gritty, yes, they understand what they're doing. Miracles are very clear. It's very easy to perform. Easy meaning when you have revelation on the ingredients. Very easy. You come with faith. You cannot be denied what belongs to you. Either it happens instantly or the process begins and it is sped up. That's still a miracle. So don't be afraid for yourself. You are not the one doing the miracle. Don't be afraid. What if I bring them and nothing happens? Are you the one holding the microphone? Are you the one? No, it's not you. See how quiet it has become. I'll come and see on Friday. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. Speaking with confidence. Imagine how a group like Al-Qaeda can be recruiting people. And yet, your business is finding it difficult to get people. Let me repeat. Al-Qaeda, the terrorists, that will gather people and destroy them and, and possess them with demons to go and bomb themselves. They're recruiting people that know they are going to die. Yet, you and I are doing things that we know is giving life. Yet, nobody's responding. What kind of demon is that? It's because we don't speak with confidence. The one that is gathering people to strap them with bombs and telling them confidently, you go to heaven. Without blinking. You go to heaven. You blow up yourself, you go to heaven. How many virgins now? I've lost count. At some point it was seven, now it has increased. I kid you not because the terrain has changed. So it has increased. Some people think we're joking. These are things that are being sold to people with boldness. Whatever you say confidently would appear beautiful to others. So the Bible says, having done all, don't let go of your confidence in which is great reward. There's reward in confidence. The time you spend building yourself with the word, any word in your field, it will come out as confidence when you start speaking. Imagine someone now telling me, oh, the first book of the Bible is Jeremiah. The book of Jeremiah. I just, I just smile. I say, have you ever heard of a book called Genesis? I don't need to repeat myself. No, no, no. Because I am so sure that Genesis is the first book in the Bible that we have as a Bible. But if it's been nine years since you opened the Bible, you might think that the order has changed. You're like, ah, maybe it is Jeremiah. I don't know. Maybe things have changed. Confidence. Confidence. Every time I dress up, I look at the mirror confidently. This is a fine boy. This is a fine boy. It's confidence. I'm so sure. Some people have tried to convince me otherwise. I didn't accept it. Some people claim I'm short. I say I am perfect height. Anything taller than me is too tall. Pardon me. 
anything short that I'll be too short. Now you speak for yourself. My speaking should not affect your own speaking. Why? Because I have so filled my mind with the truth that the truth has set me free from every bondage of the enemy. Somebody shout a loud amen. Somebody shout a believing amen. amen. Number three, clear communication. This is when you are seeking people to have understanding. Clear communication. And the pitch, the, the tone, the posture would demonstrate that. The essence of the communication is clarity. So you can repeat yourself as many times as is necessary. Because the goal is collaboration. The goal is clarity. The goal is clarity. The goal is clarity. You see, there are times you can mix some of these tasks. For example, those that come here to deliver the announcement. Most likely, they have to focus more on confidence and then clarity. Because that's what they are here for. The people sitting or watching wherever understand what is being said and they can take action based on what is being said. I'm not telling lies. I'm saying the truth. This is what it is. We have come and see on Friday. It's true. So you say it with confidence. Clear. And this happens. The goal for this, like I said, is reception. The communication and the reception of information. And we use this when we are teaching or we want to pass information along to others. Imagine someone using assertive style while teaching. They'll just be indoctrinating people. They are not teaching. They are just indoctrinating. And sadly, as a parent, don't use this approach to teach. Assertive style will not deliver information. you just receive compliance. But they will not be able to replicate what you have taught them, in quote. They just did it out of fear. But the clear way of speaking is open to questions. Because your goal is clarity. You must understand. In Matthew chapter 5, for example, when Jesus was teaching... The Beatitudes, that was clarity he was using. You see that some of the things he said, some of them were repeated. Because his goal was to help these people understand the higher ways of living. So he gave them that information. And in this approach, we use examples. Examples to example to example. You're just repeating the same thing. Because the goal is understanding. And finally, number four, empathetic communication. And the goal here is to disseminate the feeling of love and acceptance. In this kind of communication, you're not trying to be right. You're not trying to be wrong. You're just trying to be loving. This kind of communication is good on Valentine's Day. If you celebrate it and you are in a relationship. <laughs> the goal of this kind of communication is consensus building. 
This is where a person can accept something as their fault, which was not their fault. Just so that we can just get consensus, so, so there can be peace. This is empathetic communication. You are sympathizing with someone that did something that you don't even agree with. Yet you just agree with them because the essence is sympathy. The essence is, a, is an effusion of love. We use this style, for example, when we are sympathizing with people. Someone told you they failed the exam. Oh, really? What happened? Yeah. Did you attend any classes? No. Did you attend any? No. And you failed? Oh, I'm so sorry. Wow, how could that have happened to you? <laughs> That's empathetic communication. You know they should have failed. Failure should have been the outcome. But you just want to empathize with them. <laughs> you know, that is what this is all. It's not about being right or wrong. In this kind of communication, even your, the tone of your voice is very conciliatory in nature. Very low. The, your pitch is low. Really? So that's what happened. Oh my goodness. Wow. I'm so sorry. So you feel completely? <laughs> wow. Try, try, try not to laugh. Because it will mess up the whole thing. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Amen. But that's, that's the reality. How do you think Jesus was speaking to Mary and Martha after they lost their brother? He wasn't there going assertive. No, it was when he stood in front of the tomb. That's when he spoke. Lazarus, comfort, he switched. But before then, he was being empathetic. He just, they lost somebody. No wonder he even wept. He didn't weep because he was weak. But he wept to, to, to empathize with them, to connect with them. I feel your feelings. He shouldn't have died. I should have come early, I know, but I delayed intentionally. And then the Bible says, and Jesus wept. Thank you. Well, he just accepts something just for the sake. But the goal is, let's just love on each other. Why don't you say hi to me anymore? Because the other day I said hi to you and you didn't respond. You're a wicked person. I'm so sorry. You know you're not wicked. Do you? <laughs> but the goal is that you want... <laughs> the, because you didn't respond. So I, I, I wasn't sure. The goal is you want people just to just... Let's just forgive each other. Let's Okay, okay, okay. I did that. I'm so sorry. But you know sincerely you didn't hear the greeting. There's no need to argue. Just for the sake of peace. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry. Really? How did, that, how did that make you feel? Oh, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. I'm so sorry. Now, you see that these types of communication, it's a range. It's a range. The same way we've been given the grace to be able to modulate our voice, our tone, our pitch, and body language and all that. The same way we can modulate the way we respond or the way we communicate depending on the goal of the communication. When you are speaking assertively, for example, you can be as far away from the person as possible. But your gestures can bring them closer to you. 
But when you're speaking empathetically, you want to be as close as, but please don't be inside them. You're breathing their breath. Please. Because some people come so close and we're like, okay, space. Amen. COVID is still around. (laughs) But you want to be as close as possible. You'd even find some people leaning forward, even while on 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 their seats. It's just to show you I am close to you. I can hear you. Empathetic communication. Why do you think? I was joking with one of the psychologists in the house and, and, you know, I had a conversation with the person and their voice was still the psychologist's voice. And they said, can you switch the voice now? It's like, hello, how are you doing today? The kind of voice where you just sit down and just begin to talk. Is everything okay? Do you want to talk about it? Of course. And they'll charge you for one hour. Oh, our time is up for today. Um, please book another session for next week. So let's continue this conversation, okay? Don't forget to pay. Hallelujah. In this kind of communication, you're speaking with a low pitch in a conciliatory tone. You're speaking in a humble manner. And then most importantly, you are mirroring them. It's one of the ways we connect with people. What do we mean by mirroring? You know, I've shared this when we're talking about the ministry of life and we began that conversation in the school of the spirit about how snake charmers charm snakes. It is mirroring. It is mirroring. Advanced mirroring. Don't try this at home. Okay, don't find a snake in the wild and say, I want to charm you. It will bite you several times <laughs> before you get there. But it is really mirroring. To the point where you allow it. You see, snake charmers have been beaten by snakes. It's part of the process. You see, I allowed you to bite me, but I'm still coming back again. It is a way of showing honor. Mm-hmm. So we're there mirroring. And, and from one of the, the you know, uh, the, 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 the voices in this space, one of the things that he said is that one of the best ways to mirror is just to repeat the last three things that the person said. It's a very good hack, mirroring. Again, you can use all these tools manipulatively. That's up to you. But you can use it genuinely because the goal of communication is to hear and to be heard. To hear and to be heard. So they've spoken and spoken and the last three things you just repeat. So you mean this and this and this happened? And that is, oh wow, she heard what I said. And then they continue on again. So you mean this and this and this? And then, oh wow, that's, that's validation. That's that's. that's a feedback loop, and then they are able to go deeper and deeper, and they will leave an, a conversation with you, knowing that you heard them. But how did they validate you heard? Many times it's from a combination of all these things that we do. I know some people I have conversations with, I know deep down they are loving, but if I didn't know them, I would have thought that they were just mean people. But I just knew that it's because they don't they didn't understand the ways. Imagine someone just telling you they lost a loved one. 
and you just continue doing everything else you were doing. You were, you were talking to them, they were cleaning something, and then they just shared the news with, with you, and just continue cleaning. Oh, really? Wow, that happened. Oh, wow. When did they die? And you're still cleaning. But an empathetic person will stop that. No way. What did you just say? Oh my goodness. I'm so sorry. Do you want to talk about it? And then suddenly you've given them a safe space to have a safe conversation. And let's assume you're rushing into a meeting. Oh my goodness. I'm so sorry. I don't have time to talk now. But, but let's, let's talk at this time. Because what you've said is, is worth a clear conversation. If you don't want to show love, then don't practice these things. Just continue with your life the way you're doing it. But we're sharing things that we can put to practice that will help people around you to know that, okay, this person heard what I am saying. It's not about your personality type. No, whether you're an extrovert or an introvert, doesn't matter. Whether you're an evangelist, a pastor, it's because some people say, oh, you know, me, I'm just an evangelist. Or me, I'm an apostle. I don't know how to do empathetic communication. No, you just have not learned. We can learn anything that we need to learn if you think it's important to you. Can I hear believing amen? I shared this yesterday at the workers' retreat. So if we go to Acts chapter 10, please. Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. And we look at verse 22. Actually, let's start from verse 21. Then Peter went down to the man who had been sent to him from Cornelius and said, Yes, I am he whom you speak. For what reason have you come? Can you imagine Peter also smiling? What kind of approach do you think those servants should have used? Is it empathetic? I understand why you're angry, Peter. It's okay. Have you eaten now? That's not what they needed. Assertive? No. Bold. Confident communication. And that's what they said. Verse 22, please. Cornelius the centurion, a just man, one who fears God and has a good reputation, among all the nations of the Jew, was divinely instructed by a holy angel to someone, someone, someone. Yes, Different Bible translations use different words. But still, the fact that it was translated as someone is, is showing you this is very clear. and In fact, plus assertive in some way. But mainly bold communication. We're here to summon you to his house and to hear words from you. And like I said to the workers yesterday, it's a privilege that the Lord can find us to be people like this that he can send on important assignments. Because like I said yesterday, I have realized that who I send on an errand can determine whether the person will be listened to or not. You can send some people and the people still need to come and talk to you, to me again, because the person that was sent did not do justice to it. Uh, maybe, pastor, I don't know, you see, the only angel, I don't know if he's holy, he said an angel, he said, I didn't see it. I, all those things unnecessary. But they went and they spoke with confidence. This is Cornelius. We know him. He's a just man. 
You see how succinct and how clear this is? And Peter, verse 23, please. Then he invited them. So what they said was very, was, was, was clear enough and confident enough that Peter responded, brought them into his space just because of what they said. And the next day he went with them. So they were successful because of the way they spoke. Do you know there's a way you can invite people to church that they will not but come? Not but come. That's a strange way to speak. They'll come. Hey, um, you need Jesus. What do you mean? Is my life bad? Your life is bad. You need Jesus. You need Je- You need him. You, you need him. You know it. I know it. You know it. You need him. You've been with five girls. The one you're with now is not your wife. We live together. You change them like clothes. You need Jesus. You need Jesus. Oh, you, you Christian, you judge people. I am judging you. Yes. You need Jesus. And he can save you. You know I love you. But you need Jesus. It's clear. It's confident. And the person will go angry, but yet it's ringing in their head. You need Jesus. You need Jesus. You need Jesus. I don't need Jesus. You need Jesus. And one day they will text you and say, I need Jesus. He's confident. If an unbeliever should ask you aggressively, so you mean, if I don't give my life to Christ, I'm going to hell? Do you know many Christians cannot answer that question with confidence? Uh, You know, I mean, you know, God loves all his children. And God will not necessarily destroy people. There's hell, but it's not meant for you. But what's, what's, what's the going round and round and round? If you're not born again and you die, you are going to hell fire. A lady asked me, she lost a parent that was not born again. You see, that unless I don't, I don't want to call it trash, that people say, you lose a loved one and they say, oh, rest in peace. Which soul is resting in peace? How can you say so rest in peace? Now, now, please listen. If they were not born again, unfortunately, regardless of what it is, they did not go to heaven. So the lady asked me, so where do you think my father went? I said, was he saved? She said, no, I said, he's in hell. She broke down in tears. That's what made her give her own life to Christ. But some people look and say, no, no, you don't want to break her heart for that. You know, I don't know. Let, let's not talk about that right now. You know, let's just allow you to heal first. No, she said, no, where did he go if he's not saved? She said, according to the word, I didn't write the Bible. According to the word, if, because I don't know, I wasn't there in his heart. If he was not born again, according to the Bible, unfortunately, he has gone to hell. Is there anything we can do? There's nothing, we, there's no purgatory. Please listen. There's nothing like any intermediary. It's just a way that denomination at that time was milking money from people. Read church history. It's just a way to milk money from people. Where they realize people are so, they needed something to encourage them after their loved ones died. And they were not saved. So he said, you know what? There's an in-between. And depending on how much you give, depending on what you do, they can move from pocketry to heaven or from, for a period of time, how long? They can't tell you. But, but for, after a while, they can go to hell. That's nonsense. It's not scriptural. 
But it takes boldness to say things, to say the truth to people that must hear the truth. But in love, it takes boldness. Because I afraid when I told the lady, no, he went to hell. No, I wasn't afraid. I was, I was, I was hurt. I was in pain for her, but that was the truth. And maybe if we tell people the truth with confidence, maybe we'll see more people coming to Christ. The friend comes to you and says, so, 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 if I'm, if I'm gay and then, and then I'm doing gay stuff and, 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 um, uh, and I'm not born again, so I'm going to go to hellfire and I'm a good person. And then suddenly, uh, you get stuck. What, what do you believe? Do you, do you believe what you believe that you believe? You say what you believe. Now, the best way you can help yourself is according to what I believe. This, 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 and this. That's how I communicate. To give room for other people's opinion. But I'm speaking mine with confidence. So, pastor, does God support same-sex marriages? Uh, Can I do that and be a Christian? According to the word of God that I believe, you cannot do that and remain a Christian and this and this and that. Full stop. But we don't need to major on that issue. There are other things we can talk about. We don't need to be staying there. There's, there's, there's no point. Full stop. Where's the evidence? There is in Romans chapter 1. There is in, you can find it in Sodom and Gomorrah. You can find it in many places. There's evidence there. Simple. When you communicate assertively and confidently, people might get offended. Might. But the truth is this. You have planted the seed of the truth in their heart. I've realized it over the years. Please listen to me. I communicate with love. I, I, I hardly, I, no, no, no. I, I, I love people. My wife jokes about it. You just love everybody. I love everybody. Some I love them enough to keep them in prison. That's love. That's love. We love everybody, but still the truth must be told so we can help people. I don't want a person I love to die, to to realize the truth after they have died. No, then do I really believe that truth? Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. This is what I believe. You know the sad thing in the name of being politically correct, the church, they attempt to muzzle the church but they can communicate freely. Have you not noticed that dichotomy? They can communicate freely, but they attempt to gag the church. If it's really free speech, then why can't I speak to? Ah, is it not free? Why can't I speak? Is it not free? How did we get here? Clear communication. Clear communication. I have friends, I have people that I associate with that are into all kinds of things. And by all kinds of things, I, I mean it all kinds of things. When I was a youth pastor, one of the folks there was, was, was in the gang. He even had a gun. All kinds of things. I accommodate people, I love people, but in terms of the truth, Oh, man, clearly, you hear very clearly, but with love. 
clearly but with love. I've had people come to me who are living together, not married, and they tell me all kinds of things. One of the first things I tell them, what you're doing is wrong. It's not, you just need to know if you choose to stay in it, that's your choice. But I, as a pastor, I can't hear what you said and not say anything. So down the line, you will not say that, oh, this person condoned it. But if you choose to be like that, that's fine. I will support you. I will accept you because it is your choice as a person. And, 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 and we have to keep that in mind. The fact that you are communicating truth to a person does not mean you have to force them to accept the truth. No. This is what it is. This is what the Bible says. That's what it is. Someone that is married came to me. No, let's not even say someone that is married. Okay, say that. And felt like the child coming, they were not ready for it. And she wanted to get an abortion. And she could come and talk to her pastor about it. I said, oh, I, I, I understand where you're coming from. You know, it takes a lot of money to raise a child and time and this and this and this and that. But I have to tell you as a pastor that that is not right. Uh, but I cannot care for the child for you. Whatever you choose to do is up to you. But according to the word of God, that is not right. If you ask me for my opinion, I'll tell you don't do it. But if you choose to do it, the church will be there after you've done it to love you and to support you. Is that not clear enough? It's simple. It's simple. So don't be afraid that if I speak clearly, then it means I'm trying to force my opinion on people. No. You can speak with love, but still very clear. So after they've left the conversation, they know what you stand for. Not that you say, yeah, you shouldn't do it, but it's okay, I understand you're doing it, and they, okay, let's go and do it, and then, you know, you do it, you do it. So they're wondering, are you for it? Are you against it? We don't know. But clearly, I don't condone that, I don't support it, the Bible doesn't support it. But I understand where you're coming from, and I know how difficult it can be. If you choose to go ahead, we'll support you, not there, but after the fact. Because our ethics, our Core values does not allow us to participate in anything like that. If someone came to me and said, Pastor, they robbed the bank. I can't be a pastor of an number by anyway, but, you know, they have all these bags of money. They don't know what to do. I say, I understand where you're, where you're coming from. I understand you're afraid right now. I understand you want to be generous right now to me, but I don't want it. Uh, come, bring everything. And then I'll guide you on what to do. And when they come, they'll meet police officers upstairs. <laughs> they'll help them <laughs> so they can be rehabilitated properly. Oh yeah, and before they leave with the person, I'll say, officers, can I pray for her? Because <laughs> we have to be... Um... Women can rob banks too. It's equality, right? Uh -huh. What a man can do, a woman can do too. Please rise up on your feet. <laughs> Funny story. When the war in Ukraine started, suddenly women's rights was no longer a thing. 
when they were drafting the men to fight. I didn't hear the women saying, um, why are you discriminating? Hello, we can fight too. I didn't hear them say that. I guess some things are just for men. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. You know, I'm just kidding. We believe very much in equality. It's only in a marriage setting that the Lord himself said, the man is the head of the home. Not the whole world, but his home. Hallelujah. Thank you for taking the time to listen and receive the fresh word of God. Before you leave, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not born again, I, Pastor Ibukun Adewusi, would love to pray with you. If you're ready to give your life to Christ right now, please say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus Christ, I believe you are the Son of God and I believe you died for me on the cross of Calvary. I know I am a sinner and today I come to you to forgive me of all my sins and to make me a brand new creation. I accept you as my personal Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me and making me born again. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Congratulations, you are now born again. Please reach out to us on cccghq org slash save and fill out the form completely so that we can send you wonderful materials to help you grow on your new walk with Christ. Congratulations once again. We love you and God bless you.